0: Welcome to Improving Intimacy, a podcast to help single and married Latter-day Saints strengthen their family connections and marriages. Daniel A. Burgess is the host of Improving Intimacy. Daniel's a marriage and family therapist, father, husband, and author. Here's Daniel on this episode of Improving Intimacy. Welcome to another episode of Improving Intimacy. Today, we have Evelyn in studio, who's going to be talking about her experiences around improving her sexual health through masturbation, a sensitive topic. And I appreciate her coming in and and being vulnerable with us today. Evelyn, will you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, I am an active member of the church. Um, I enjoy attending every week and with my family. Um, anything else you want to know? Kids. Kids. I do. I do have a child. I have a daughter. Um,
0: how long you been married?
1: Been married, uh, about a little more than two years,
0: two years. And how old are you?
1: I am 37,
0: 37. Well, I
1: did not get married real early.
0: No. Well out here in Silicon Valley, that's a, that's a pretty standard age right there. That's true. So, but you married right, which is a I did is a great thing. So, you uh, you're you're coming in here today. We're going to be talking about some pretty private and personal things. What's your motivation for doing this? What what what's what's your purpose for doing this?
1: I would say my purpose for doing this is that I feel like um, I've made a lot of progress through the different experiences that I've had and. Some of them have been challenging, but I'm in definitely a better place than when I started, and I want to give other people the opportunity to hear about it so that maybe their journey could be a little bit easier.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. tell some some of those challenges that you're having
1: well, um I have struggled with anxiety uh for a lot of my life. Um, I would say that when I was young um it was really challenging for me to um, to kind of manage day to day. I had fairly crippling perfectionism and really was very very worried about how other people perceived me, and that got in my way a lot. Um, when I was in college, uh, I hit a point where I realized that I needed help. Um, I had uh, great parents who helped me see that I needed some support, so I reached out and I got some help. And uh, what kind of help did you get? Um, I started attending therapy, and I also went on medication. Um, so I was able to get better, but I kind of got to a to a point where I wasn't really making too much progress beyond. Um,
0: did the medication help?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and
0: this was in your college years?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the medication definitely helped. Um, and so did the therapy. Um, I was able to talk to a few different therapists and it was really beneficial. Um, but I guess that by the time I reached adulthood, um, I had learned how to manage a lot. I had mm, learned... yeah. Um, a lot of coping skills, which were very beneficial. Um, they they certainly made a difference in the quality of my life. Um, I was able to calm myself down. I was able to kind of recognize when I might be having an anxiety reaction that was above and beyond the legitimate need based on what was going on. So I developed a lot of those skills and and i would made a lot of progress, but I would still um, slide back. Periodically. um, And I still realized that I hadn't um, dealt with some of the root issues.
0: Now, we're not talking about um, I'm nervous. We're talking about um, anxiety that was paralyzing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder and it definitely was making it so there were a lot of things that I couldn't do. Um, interacting with people was particularly difficult.
0: Let's let's talk a little bit more about that. Not only interacting with people, um, you're going into a profession, you're working, Mm -hmm. um, you're living on your own, you're high functioning. Uh, but this was getting in the way, not just of interacting with people, but your job too.
1: Well, I wouldn't say that it was getting in the way of my job performance. It was definitely getting in the way of my job enjoyment.
0: Ah, yes. (laughs) Um, That's an, uh, that's an important uh, clarification right there. Uh, So how, if you can put it on a scale, it it was, it sounds like it was growing and becoming increasingly worse. uh, And you'd been on medication um, and during your, maybe your twenties is what we're talking about now. You're, you're Mm -hmm. out of college and it's increasingly getting worse. How, how bad was it? Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: It depended, I would say on the time. I would have times that I was felt pretty in control of how things were going but then I would have other times when things would slide backward and I would just not want to do anything mm-hmm. um and I would I would say externally everything looked fine. Yes. Um from
0: You're good with that. An
1: outsider's perspective, yes, I am. <laughs>
0: as as most um, uh, as a lot of people who struggle with anxiety are mm-hmm. and who are high functioning people don't realize how bad they're suffering inside. It. And that that was the case with you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it became, yeah, it was really very, very difficult on a day-to-day basis to just carry out the things that I needed to do, to make myself do that. It cost me a lot um, to go through a day and to make sure that no one knew how I was feeling um, about everything that I had to do. And just the overwhelming, sometimes it was, Sometimes it just felt incredibly devastating. I remember explaining it to my mother one time, how I was, how I would feel, um, about the future and about how things were going. And she said, wow, that sounds like the Dementors in Harry Potter, you know, (laughs) they just suck the joy out of everything. Yes.
0: What what a perfect visual. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's when I first met you was you were at that point, Mm -hmm. um, Dementors had sucked everything out of you. Yep. Uh, You made a particularly interesting request, though, when when you came and saw me. So this was this is much later. So in in your mid 30s. So I think that's important. So for about 15 years since college. Yeah. um, Were you on medication that whole time?
1: Um, Not the whole time, but I would say off and on. Okay, A reasonable amount of the time.
0: And when you were on medication, it seemed like it was manageable. Mm hmm. And what, by the time you came in and sought help from me, um, you were, if I remember right, you were not on medication.
1: Yeah, I did try to not go on medication for a while. Um, that,
0: that was a particular request you actually mm-hmm. had. You, you said, I want to try to do this without medication.
1: Yes. I ultimately did go back on for some help with sleeping. Mm-hmm. But-,
0: but for anxiety,
1: um, yeah, for, for anxiety, I think I've made a lot of progress. Yes. It still helps. But, um, the biggest reason that I, that I take some now is because it helps with sleep.
0: Yes. Um, well, and you're a new mother too. Well, and that's so, true. Yes. <laughs> a lot of stress is going on. In fact, to that point with all the stresses that you have, you, you've been married in, in the last two years, mm-hmm. uh, you have a baby, mm-hmm. uh, in, in your late thirties, Yep, later thirties, um, all these life changes, you, you became accustomed to living alone or at least independently. Yes. yes. And so you have a lot of stresses in your life and your, I mean, yes, your medication for, for sleeping, which gosh, I'm on, uh, right? Not, not to minimize at all what, what you're experiencing there. Um, but even with all these major life changes, how would you say you're coping?
1: Oh, much better, much better, much better than I was.
0: So you eventually in your mid thirties, you, you sought out help again. Mm-hmm. Had you see, seen therapists since college? Uh, yes. Yes, you have. Mm-hmm. And was it, I, I'm assuming it, it was somewhat helpful because you are coming yeah. again. Absolutely. And so you're in a new area, you're seeking some support here. Um, tell us about that. What was that experience like? You, you're having to reach out. Um, g- give me some sure. emotions.
1: Um, I would say that. When I've gone to see a therapist, it has helped, and so I would. I decided that when I reached a point in a new area, um, I needed to find someone to help me out because with the moving to a new place, it kind of pushed me backward to the point where I really wasn't coping well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided that I needed to find somebody, um, and luckily I met you. Okay. Um, so I asked you, and we started talking, and that was really helpful?
0: Well, it was interesting at the, at the beginning we were doing. So one of the first things we did was we try to explore what's working Mm -hmm. and we, we repeat those and we try to find ways to enhance that or or build on the skills that you already knew how to do and do very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact, I do recall a lot that you were, um, yep. Familiar with this. I know how to do this. Um, but what we were experiencing, yes, some of the anxiety was being manageable, but it wasn't getting to a point where you're like, okay, uh, and correct me if I'm remembering incorrectly. Um, it, it, it wasn't, uh, it, we weren't making the progress that I think you were hoping for.
1: Well, I think I kind of got to the point where I thought this is as good as it's going to get.
0: Yes. Um, yes.
1: and I guess this is, Life. And that's okay. You know, I mean, it's not too bad. I'll just have to do my best. And Well, hold on a second. When
0: you say it's not too bad, I think we need to put that in context. (laughs) Uh, You've, you've lived a life of anxiety, so you're not too bad. Uh, And yeah, don't let me misspeak. I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think to some degree, I think you're minimizing it. You you were, you were struggling. Uh, Yes,
1: I was struggling, but I guess I figured that we reached the point where... I had gotten before. Mm-hmm. Um, which was manageable. Manageable. Okay. Um, and figured that this was what I was going to do was I was going to kind of do a cycle where I could manage it and then maybe changes in life or something would happen that was mm-hmm. that would increase the stress. And then I would go downhill, and then I would get some help, and then I would bring it back to manageable, and it would that would kind of be life. Um, but that's that's as good as I could hope for. So I should make the best of it.
0: So what happened from there? Why didn't we just quit, say we succeeded and moved on?
1: Um, well, that's a good question. I don't know. I think that you brought up some interesting points that I hadn't considered before. And at first I thought that they didn't have anything to do with me.
0: (laughs) Tell us about those points. (laughs) What points were we bringing up?
1: Well, I remember you bringing up at one point, um, just, well, how do you feel uh, about your sexual health? And I thought, how should I know? Um, I think that's what I said. How should I know? Uh, I was single and um, being an active temple attending member of the church, that meant that I didn't really have a sexual life. So um, it seemed like something that was disconnected.
0: Mm-hmm it's interesting even now when you recall this and and you're a lot more informed now you went immediately to the sexual experiences i i'm you know i'm not married right um and so was it even on the forefront of your mind like sexual health because that was the question that was what was being explored was much more than just physical intimacy with somebody else and so even now when you're you're talking about it, it goes you're recalling well, yeah. it, right? I mean,
1: I'm, I'm remembering that I didn't really see any other sides to the issue.
0: So what was that experience like uh, coming from your therapist? Uh, even, even a male therapist, what was, what was your experience hearing it come out uh, as, as even something to be suggested or thought about? And as, again, as a, as a male therapist, any thoughts or feelings around all that?
1: I would say that initially I rejected it. Mm-hmm. and put it aside as something that that didn't really apply to me Um, but it did plant some seeds of thought that I returned to um, on my own
0: what what prompted you to return to it so that seed was planted um...
1: well I think one thing that prompted me to return to it was that I think in a session I actually brought up the idea that I think that this is as good as it's going to get this is kind of what I live with. This is, you know, this is how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. This is how my life's going to go. Um, and you said, I don't buy that. And I thought, <laughs> well, maybe you're wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you always told me you liked me, uh, like, uh, forwardness directness. Um, so I, yes, I, I thought there was much more potential there. I didn't think we had to suffer with just manageable. Um, so where, where did that take your thoughts?
1: Um, well, I went home and I thought about it and I I decided I wanted to give it a try, I guess. Um, if you always do what you've always done, then you're going to always get what you've always gotten. So, um,
0: Give what a try?
1: Exploring other ideas. Mm-hmm. Sexual health was one of them, but you did kind of bring up this idea of wholeness. Yes. Um, and that there's just so many sides of of me as a person and to make some goals in all these different areas.
0: Yep. I think uh, so. Good memory on that. That's definitely uh, what we do is try to approach it from a wholeness. Uh, all too often we, we get focused on. Okay, I have anxiety, so just give me the skills and techniques to manage it. Mm-hmm, exactly. But if there's a possibility to, I'm not going to say eliminate. I don't. I don't think we eliminate anxiety. Everybody experiences anxiety every day at some sort of level, but get to a point where you can actually uh, be proactive about it, or uh, or thrive, yeah. or get it to a point where the management is much much less. Uh, and so we have to step outside of just the uh, managing anxiety aspect. We have to focus on the mental, the spiritual, the physical side of this. And so w- I think you, you, we, we, uh, well, I'm, I'm remembering this because it's a standard procedure. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I think I even recommended let's get your blood work done. Let's get you, you know, make sure everything's fine, uh, physically, biologically, but this has been around for a long time. And so you, you Yeah, this isn't a new it wasn't like you're coming into a new biological stage of life, although that could have been possible, but we wanted to rule those things out. And so one thing that uh, you've never explored was that sexual aspect is my sexual health good. And can this be part of the problem?
1: That one was brand new. And um, some of the other ones were not brand new. Um, Thinking about them altogether was a little bit new, Mm -hmm. but I'd certainly worked on myself spiritually. I'd worked on myself mentally. You know, I had focused on exercise and eating right. And, you know, I mean, all of those things were things that I had done before. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking at it as uh, a holistic perspective was a little bit different, but they weren't different ideas. It was the sexual health piece that was the different piece and that felt like it didn't fit. But now when I look back, it feels like it feels odd to assume that something that's so much an important part of myself would, would not be a puzzle piece, whereas everything else would be. Um, but it was the only piece of it that I had never explored before.
0: Well, looking back now, what, what do you think was making it feel like it didn't fit?
1: Um, I would say that I had worked pretty hard to make it not a part of myself. Yes. And that was um, in an effort to be as, as good as possible.
0: Um, uh, tell tell us more about that. What does that mean? So, so first of all, you, the fact that you're saying you worked as hard as you could mm-hmm. for it to not be a part of, I feel like there's some insinuation going on there. Was this uh, something that you may have were tempted to be struggling with or tempted? Um,
1: I would say that I, well, I mean, to go back. Um, when I was young, I discovered that I could stimulate myself.
0: How how young are we talking about?
1: Uh, maybe between 10 and 12.
0: Okay. Entering your teen years. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So, so pretty young, um, accidentally, you know, and, uh, explored it a little bit and
0: talking about masturbation. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, didn't really have any idea of what I was doing, honestly. Um, I went to, um, youth meetings and things where they would tell you that you should not masturbate. And I didn't have any idea that these things were connected at all.
0: Oh, so in, in those youth meetings, you weren't realizing that's what was happening. Correct.
1: I had no idea what you were just hearing this
0: terminology and you're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do this. Yeah,
1: absolutely not. It was clearly a bad thing. I was not going to do it.
0: So at what point did you realize what you were doing between 10 and 12 was actually what they were saying? Don't um, do.
1: Well, I did it, you know, occasionally um, in your teen years, in my teen years. Uh, it wasn't actually until I picked up a teen magazine that was sitting on a table at the library sometime around the age of maybe 14, 15, something like that, mm-hmm. that they the the magazine actually gave me a clear enough definition of masturbation that I was able to make the connection.
0: Uh interesting. So what were you experiencing when you had that connection?
1: I was devastated. I was completely devastated. And about
0: how old were you at this time?
1: Um I would say maybe 15.
0: Fifteen. So um, pretty young.
1: So I just I felt incredibly ashamed and that I had managed to do something so terrible without even realizing that I was doing it.
0: So how did you respond to that?
1: Um, I think that's when I started to try to avoid any, um,
0: it became an active, um, suppressing.
1: Yes. Yeah. That was when I kind of began the process of trying to avoid any, um, accidental.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, Cause I, I did my best to avoid any masturbation, but I also tried to avoid any reading something that might accidentally make my mind Thoughts. go that direction. You know, I mean, I, I was
0: totally really shut it off mm-hmm. and and, yes. and all intents and purposes. That's really what the ideal was communicating in these youth meetings. Mm-hmm. Don't stim. I mean, yes. for the strength of youth. Right. Yeah. And so you've spent uh, from 15 on when you discovered made the connection Uh, with this magazine and and your behavior and these youth meetings, whoa, was there any kind of formal repentance or did you discuss this with leadership?
1: Um, Not at that point, Um, but I did about when I was a freshman in college. So about the age of 17.
0: Was that because you were struggling with it or?
1: Yeah, I would say I hadn't been able to 100% cut it off. Um, so I but did, this
0: wasn't like a daily thing for you. It was like, no, once in a blue moon kind of,
1: it was occasional.
0: Yeah, it was wanting occasional. to clear the air with the Bishop. And, right.
1: Or, and sometimes it wasn't even physical stimulation. Maybe it was just mental. Mm. My thoughts might go a different direction, but I would find myself feeling stimulated.
0: So when you say so you worked hard, I, I did not only your sexual arousal, but your thoughts, your feelings, well, all I, around it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I felt that sometimes I would have thoughts that would lead me toward arousal, and I would feel some physical response. Thoughts that I was having, or something that I might read, or you know anything like that, and um, so, so I. So you're
0: you're a completely different person today because I remember when you first would even start to. I don't even really think you would say the word masturbation. no,
1: I didn't say the word masturbation uh, for a long time
0: even I think maybe eventually you did with me i don't I don't remember exactly the timeline, but even your mind going there, there was a clear anxiety being provoked,
1: oh very much so yes
0: and did you did you notice that at the time or, or was that even something that you were physically aware of that was happening? you literally physically change,
1: yeah. I think I, I, I'm aware of it prior,
0: yeah. prior to 15. I realize we're going back 15, 20 years. Um, do you, do you feel like before you made this discovery that you're masturbating, that your anxiety was as severe?
1: It was not. However, I couldn't necessarily say whether that was because of this discovery.
0: Absolutely. I and I want to be careful with that. I think Again, it, 15 it, 20 years ago, we don't know.
1: Right. I I think it it grew mm-hmm. for who knows how many different factors. And
0: as you're entering puberty too, mm-hmm. that's or you're well into puberty, um uh yeah, so all these feelings are coming up which could add to. So yeah, clear I'm not making any yeah, uh, can't go there and say that's that was the yeah. cause of it. Um but Now you're in your twenties, you're in your thirties, you've spent 15, 20 years going on and off medication managing. Mm -hmm. Uh, now we start to explore this. And one thing I really appreciated about you is usually I have a, my clients fall into one of maybe three different categories. One, when we explore, you know, I have seven principles that I explore and that includes mental health, uh, spiritual health, physical health, sexual health, so forth. Um, and Usually when we get to the sexual health part, especially with single adults, I get one of maybe three different reactions. One is, oh, no, they never even even just mentioning uh, how's your sexual health. Uh, It's very rare, but sometimes I get them. They'll never even come back. So I'll get some people are like, "Okay, whatever it takes. Uh, And then we get people that I, I think are more like you. I need to think about this. And I really, really value that because that's part of therapy is getting you to be that individual. And, um, you have no problem with differentiating from other people. Uh, and so that didn't surprise me, but the thought process, both spiritual and mental that you put into it was impressive. And I admire, I fully admired how you approach this. You didn't just say, whatever you say, Dan, let's, let's figure this out. And, and for you is somebody who wanted to get rid of your anxiety, you didn't just jump on and say, so tell us, yeah. uh, I'll stop talking there, but you, you tell us what that process was like from your end. Okay. That's what I sure. observed.
1: Um, well, after I, you know, kind of went through college when I didn't see a bishop and talk through everything and then no more, you know, um, I'd really cut off that part of myself as much as possible. Mm -hmm. No um, sexuality is not really a part of who I am. I need to focus on the spiritual. I need to focus on the mental. I can focus on the the physical. Those are all okay. Um, But this other part is something that I'm just saving for until after I'm married. Um, Then we came to the point where you brought it up and asked me to make a goal. Um, And I started very small. Yes. Um, I said, I will think about it. I will think about sex for a few minutes. You know, (laughs) I feel comfortable going that far. Um, But thinking about it started me wondering if there might be something that was missing in my life. Um, And I still didn't connect it to anxiety. Not really. But I thought as long as I was working on everything else, maybe I would continue to work in this area as well. Um,
0: And what started to happen? So what we're talking about, um, and I put a timeline in just to give an appreciation. It's not that it was fast or slow or or anything like that, but we're talking about months. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're taking. um, What
1: started to happen?
0: Yeah. Man, so, um, what was the process? You started. Okay. So, let's explain the the, the thinking about sex a little bit more. There, the, the goal there. Uh, do you recall what it was? I'm not. Don't mean to put you on the spot.
1: Do I recall what it was? I mean, I remember that there was a goal in every area, yes. and that the one that I felt like I could do was I would think about this issue.
0: Being aware of your own sexuality. What are yes. your own desires and thoughts? Mm-hmm. Getting so the goal was to get in tune in connection with yourself your your sexual identity what does that look like yeah. and what does that feel like and so you started to explore that a little bit more
1: yeah and it was not fast at it was it was not a fast process for me but what i started to notice was that beginning to recognize this piece of myself changed the first thing i think it, i noticed it changing was my interactions with other people Um, I started to feel more open and able to communicate with people. Um, I had a roommate. We'd lived together for some time and we got along reasonably well, but, um, we were just roommates, you know, I mean, kind of ships passing in the night. Mm -hmm. Um, and one day I started talking with her and our relationship began to grow and to change and
0: you, you're talking and you mean just casual conversations
1: uh, at first. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But then uh, eventually we started talking about deeper things and discovering that we had more I, in common than we thought.
0: I, I think it's important. I, I think you, we alluded to it with the anxiety, uh, but part of this, I think the audience should understand is how much of an introvert you are. Oh, very And nice. so just talking with your roommate it you you liked your roommate. This had nothing to do with yeah, with personalities yeah. or anything. Just you're you're on probably the the higher end of being an introvert than most introverts. Yeah. And so just having this conversation, how do you feel that was connected to your exploring your sexuality?
1: Well, at the time, I didn't understand it at all. Um, it didn't make sense to me. It was just an observation. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're kind of going on the 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 journey, At the time, I was noticing that this was happening more and more, but I wasn't clear how it connected.
0: So at this time, you're not masturbating. You're just Just exploring who is my what is my sexual identity? Let's just call it that. Uh, And doing that, opening that up was starting to allow you to open up to other people. Mm
1: -hmm. It was. I mean. If I'm going to reflect from a position of having traveled a long way from where I was. Yes. I think it has something to do with that wholeness piece. Um, There was a part of myself that I was hiding and I was hiding it even from myself. Yes. That was my goal was to hide it even from myself. Um, And because I was hiding it, I felt vulnerable so much of the time. Um, I felt so nervous and yes, I am an introvert and that hasn't changed. No, I'm, I'm, I will continue to be one, but um, I was so afraid of being found out almost that I had this piece of myself that was hidden. Um, And I, your your
0: sexual self.
1: Right. But it's not like I, I could have pinpointed that that was why I was nervous Mm -hmm. in any way. But I think that the fact that I was, fragmenting myself a little bit. That's and a keeping, great way to say it. Yeah. Keeping a part of myself away, even from me, um, increased my anxiety and increased the, the difficulty that I had interacting with people. I was always so nervous. Um, I was very hypersensitive about the reactions that other people were giving me. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything that seemed negative, um, I, I, Took on myself very yes. very deeply, and so
0: we're, it, we're talking like at work, at yeah. social life, at church events, it, every interaction, even yes. even talking with your roommate. Your mm-hmm. your
1: yeah, I was always looking for any negative signs, mm-hmm. um, anything that was wrong, and I'm trying to fit myself into something that would never ever uh, receive a negative negative feedback of any kind from anybody, which is so hard to do that. Pretty much it involved trying to avoid interactions.
0: Absolutely. So tell us more. Well, you're starting to explore your sexual yeah. identity. Now that you're looking back, you, you didn't know at the time how or why that would have a positive impact on even your interaction and, and found minimizing this. I it confusing, honestly. Um, so what did you do with that confusion?
1: Well, I, I felt like I don't know why this is working, but it seems to be.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're seeing results. Yes,
1: I was seeing results. I was seeing um, positive interactions. I was finding myself. I mean, I bring up the roommate, but there were other there were other indications, too. Um, I mean, at work, I found myself willing to step forward a little bit more and disagree with people at times um, and tell them, you know, things that I thought as opposed to what I thought they were looking for.
0: This was an impressive time because your anxiety for the first time that we're seeing wasn't just managed and reduced. Your confidence was increasing.
1: Yeah. I felt very different. Um, I have um, a sister-in-law that I've come to have quite a good relationship with at this point, but I will say that the first quite a lot of years of my brother's marriage to her, I was terrified of her, (laughs) um, because she has a tendency to give negative feedback unintentionally. She
0: was feeding the cycle.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I just thought she hated me. You know, every time I was in the room, I would just feel my heart would be pounding and my stomach would be tight. And I would be so nervous because I felt like there was no way that I could get the right feedback from her. And I found myself. She came in one day and, and said something and I could have easily taken it the wrong way. And I thought, I don't think she means anything by that. Interesting. And just kind of let it go. And open the door to actually having a positive relationship with her because I was no longer living in this place where I was always, always worried about what other people thought of me.
0: So why didn't you end it there? You got success you haven't had before. What, what made you go to the next step?
1: Well... I would say that the first thing that made me go the next step was that you suggested that I might want to consider masturbation, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what was what was going through in this experience? What was happening?
1: Um. Well, you you mentioned it, and
0: I. Now let's be clear. I I I, I want to for for the audience to understand that this wasn't go home and do this. No. Uh, so what was, what was the invitation? Do you recall?
1: I think you said something like, have you ever considered or tried masturbation? Um, has that ever been a part of your exploration? Um, I don't remember your words exactly, but it was somewhere along those lines.
0: Yep. I think that was pretty close because at that point where I started to see more anxiety come up from what we know now was from. Your teenage years, and mm-hmm. it's like, Whoa, so that seed was planted. What happened from there?
1: Well, um I didn't want to dismiss it out of hand because I was interacting with someone that I had respect for and that I had seen positive success from what we'd been working on so far at the same time, um, I was pretty terrified that it might destroy my relationship with my heavenly father Mm -hmm. because that always has been and remains one of the most important relationships and still is. Yeah. And still is. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't ever engage in anything that would impact that negatively. Um, so I was kind of torn between this fear of harming that relationship and um, considering the progress that I'd made. Yes. And that trusting you in the past had led to some positive things. Um,
0: You were trusting yourself.
1: And that's true. I was. Um, But it was your idea that I should explore sexual health in some way. That's correct. (laughs) Um, so I did have that on my mind too. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to balance those things, I went back and forth a lot. And
0: what does back and forth mean? What were you doing
1: back and forth as in maybe I should try this. I wonder what would happen. I wonder how that would impact me. Nope. Never going to do it. Nope. That would be a terrible thing.
0: Talk, talk about your relationship with the Lord in, in this process. what? How did you include or not include him?
1: Um, I definitely prayed and my prayer was something along the lines of help me not do something that I will regret. Um, and help me let, help let me know if I'm going to do something that would be, uh, detrimental to our relationship. So there were a lot of prayers like that. I would say I didn't feel a lot one way or the other. At that point. As far as an answer to that prayer. Um, was that
0: confusing to you?
1: Not terribly. I think that I've gotten some clear answers in my life. And a lot of times that I've been encouraged to figure things out myself. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so is that what you did?
1: Um, yeah, at least at that moment. So and what was, I did yep. was I decided I was not going to masturbate, and I came back and I told you that and I felt wonderful
0: yes you did you you were glowing and i I remember yeah. that um <laughs> and I praised you for that what was what was the focus of my praise do you recall I don't recall you made the decision
1: well that's i i mean I think that that for me was Was the thing that I came to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, it was the first decision I had ever really made sexually in my life.
0: That's exactly right. And that was one of the, the indicators to me, because as you're just talking about a lot of your life, your, a lot of what was feeding your anxiety was what the impressions of what other people were having on you or, or at least your interpretation of their responses to you. and.
1: A lot of it was interpretation. Uh,
0: And what you were just saying also about me, you you respected me both as a, and that's something I take, I I, I don't take lightly as as a therapist and um, um, especially within our faith, how do we guide individuals to healthy living while also maintaining their level of faith, their, their, their love of God and uh, supporting them in, in those in those areas of their life. And you didn't just do this because I recommended it. You came back with a decision. You prayed about it. You pondered about it. You researched about it Mm -hmm. and you came in and you were glowing. No, this was, this was your choice. And that was amazing.
1: Yeah. The, the making of the choice was a claiming of my agency in regards to sexuality that I had never made before. Everything I'd done prior to that point was, um, an effort to please somebody else. Really. Um,
0: even suppressing your sexual health.
1: Yes. Yes. Um,
0: that is huge. And I can't, um, I mean, we're exploring this in the, uh, environment of our, uh, the therapeutic office, but I had seen this, this wasn't a new occurrence. I had seen this over and over where people had abandoned their agency around their sexual health and the same or similar things occurred. So this was not new to me, but to see it come out of you was just this light bulb moment. So what did we do from there? What's we were done with therapy, right? You were perfect. You were healthy Uh, and end of story, right?
1: (laughs) Of course. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, what you did at that point was say, okay, that's your decision. Go with that. Yes. Um, But I kind of continued to think about it. And I think that I felt so freed by the fact that I owned this part of myself Um, that
0: I, was it scary owning it?
1: No, actually.
0: That's interesting. Um, yeah, the audience can't see her. She's glowing right now when she, (laughs) she responds to that. What, tell, tell us more about that. Why, why was that not scary? This, this thing was scary all your life. It was
1: scary all my life. And I thought it would be scary. You know, I mean, I thought it would be terrifying. Um, because it had worried me so much and had been, I mean, I would have such a physical response even to the word masturbation. Mm -hmm. If anyone else ever said it, I would just feel, um, you know, I'd kind of start to sweat and I'd feel my stomach tighten up and I'd feel, um, just all my muscles kind of get tight. Um, which was why I couldn't say it, Mm -hmm. you know, I would dance around. The term as much as possible. Um, it was so frightening to me, and yet when I made that decision, I was very nervous to tell you. I'll tell you that. I mean, when I came in, I
0: noticed, and I yeah. <laughs> absolutely, I, hopefully, I came across very respectful.
1: You did, you did. But um, I mean, I, I that part was
0: nervous, of course, but
1: nerve wracking. But when I made the decision and then when i moved on to owning it it lost its fear i mean i lost i lost so much Mm. fear around that um and i gained so much confidence um to make decisions in other areas of my life too i think
0: how much of that was or was any of it the fact that you're working with a male therapist uh or was it just the nature of the topic did, did me being a, a male therapist enhance that nervousness? Oh, probably,
1: Yeah, it probably did.
0: How did you navigate that or or how did you resolve that? Mm. Or was it, was it a factor that you felt like you had to address?
1: I didn't really resolve or address. I think it probably did increase my anxiety a bit around it. Uh, made it more nerve wracking than it would have been with a woman. But, um, But I didn't really, I mean, it wasn't so overwhelming that I really had to resolve it, I think.
0: The the ability to speak it, to vocalize it was freeing.
1: Yes, it really was. Um,
0: So So you made your decision. You are, you have no need to masturbate. You owned it. Your health was improved and we were done with therapy.
1: No, no, we weren't. (laughs) (laughs)
0: so take us to the next step what what what, Um, what's happening
1: so the next step was um continue i continued to work on some of those goals you know i was thinking i was reading i was studying i was considering and pondering and praying and all of those kinds of things and then um i really felt like actually i do want to understand my body I want to understand my desire. I want to better understand um, this whole piece of myself. Um, and I made the decision that I did want to try masturbation. I,
0: I want the audience to understand how thorough you are. This Because if if somebody doesn't know you and hearing what you just said, you continue to think about it. They don't understand how much of a um, um exaggeration that is, uh think about it for me <laughs> you read every book there I did. was I
1: did, yeah, you scoured
0: um, the internet, you yes. both religious yes, material, sexual yep. health, yeah, uh, you picked up books like uh and they were not ashamed mm-hmm. um. Yes. And you dove right in.
1: Read about, you know, half a dozen different books cover to cover.
0: You're taking the Doctrine and Covenants to heart. Read and study and ponder. Yes. So I think it's important for the audience because they don't know you. And so when I hear that you're pondering this, I know that you are you are diving in. This is beyond just thinking.
1: I am a researcher.
0: Yes, you are. Um,
1: when I got a cat, um, about, you know, 15 years ago or so, I uh, spent a good three days researching all the different names that I might actually (laughs) name the cat before coming to a decision. Um, If anyone wants to know what product that they should buy that I've already bought, they just ask me because I have done all the research. I have read 15 different articles about the 10 best and then looked at what they all had in common and then compared the pros and cons. Um, I am an extremely careful person
0: so you were you went into this well aware of what the the church leadership what the culture is mm-hmm. what you've read um but you're feeling this uh I, i'm going to put the word positive desire or desire to explore this and when i say desire it's not just arousal desire um i, I you uh, go ahead tell us more about that
1: um i would say it wasn't arousal desire at that point It was um, a desire for increased understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I was looking for, was fuller understanding of myself. Um, And I prayed more. And again, there was a lot of, I'm feeling good about this decision. And if it's not right, please help me to know that. You know, I mean, I, I really... I really didn't take it lightly.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so what was your answer? What, what did you end up doing?
1: I felt good about it. And so I decided that I would try masturbation and see what happened. And so I did. And I felt I felt that understanding that I was looking for. I felt more in tune with myself and Mm -hmm. it wasn't even primarily arousal. It was more that this was a, a better knowledge of who I am as a person. This is what my body can do. This is um, the gifts that I've been given. Um, This is, this whole, this whole body is a gift and I would like to understand it better. And now I, now I do. So that, that was, that was more what it was about for me, I think, than it was, um, arousal and orgasm. It was, who am I? And I, I did feel like I developed my relationship with myself.
0: What, what I, uh, I, I realized you, you're not even thinking about this, but I, I know the audience is listening and, and wondering maybe um, pornography was not involved. No, this this is a um, self-understanding. This was so right. huge. You um, connected with yourself, with the spirit. I I, I don't want to misuse any terminology here. Um but you seem to increase in your wellness. Yeah. So
1: um, I would say that, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say that masturbation was in and of itself, a spiritual experience for me. However, what I would say is that as I became more aware of myself, that led to things in my life that led to increased spirituality. For example, um, the appreciation of my body and of the gift that I have received through my body. What I found myself doing was becoming offended Mm -hmm. by TV shows that made light of sexuality that had previously not had that impact on me. Um, Previously I could watch these shows. They really kind of just some of these jokes just washed over me. It was just, you know, the way that jokes are. And yet suddenly they were bothering me more because they were making light of this thing that was a gift. Um, And so I began to change my media habits. Um, And that kind of thing, I do think, led to overall increased spirituality for me.
0: You're being able to own your own sexuality. You start to have more confidence around people interacting and socializing more. Now, understanding your physical self, your sexual self physically. You're starting to have a more profound appreciation for how sex is represented in media. Mm -hmm. That is profound. That is a response that you I I don't think everybody has that response. And I'm I don't want to set this up as though you you go out and masturbate and you're going to reject all forms of unhealthy sex. No, but this is key. This is, I think, uh um, part of your personality and was part of your healing and growing into your whole self. And that was a part of your personality. You don't want to be exposed to that. You want mm-hmm. to, to appreciate what God has given you. Yeah. And, and the media was a distraction to that. It, it, am my understanding that right?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say that, yeah, that's, that's pretty solid. I think it was, for me personally, in my experience, it was before the, the different little jokes and things like that, just, mm-hmm. they didn't mean anything to me because it wasn't even
0: on your a radar part of
1: me. Mm-hmm. Um, but now suddenly it was a part of me. It was impacting me. Um, and I felt like I needed to make those changes. So, um, certainly not something I would expect of everybody, but, um, in my personal journey, that's, that's how it went.
0: So you're, you're emotionally understanding your, your sexual health. You're physically understanding it. Now we're good. Your life is great. Is that true? Well, <laughs>
1: my life is different.
0: It is different. Um, <laughs> I think there was some more progress going on there um, yeah, and some um, new skills that you were learning.
1: Well, um, I'll, insert another person at this point, um, which is that this is about the point that I met my husband. Um, and I think that this process kind of prepared me for meeting him because I, I was able to talk to him. We were able to discuss things. Um, when, we started, I was more comfortable. I was less concerned about what he was thinking about me um, than I had been in previous relationships um, where who knows if they might've worked out or not otherwise. But one reason they definitely weren't going to work out was because I wasn't myself in them. I was too concerned about the way I was being perceived. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd reached the point where I was not feeling that in that same way. Um, It was more like, this is who I am and Let's see if we happen to be compatible. And if we're not, it's not a judgment on me. You know, you can go find somebody else.
0: You were much more relaxed about this relationship. So much more
1: relaxed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Than I had been in previous relationships. Um, it,
0: it's interesting because I, I can't recall if we've ever had this conversation because I was on the outside looking in as you're sharing your meeting, uh, your now husband. Um, and I was wondering the same things. If this, If your ability to understand yourself was helping, it seems like it would be logical, but not necessarily. It doesn't always happen this way. But that was transferring well into your relationship with him.
1: It was. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest one really was that I liked myself. Not every single tiny little bit of myself,
0: (laughs) but you value in
1: general, you know, I thought I was,
0: you were no more rejecting parts of yourself. Exactly. And the things that you weren't, were not liking, because this isn't about liking every single thing about you. I think that's a a beautiful thing. If you can do that, um, reality is we're human and we're imperfect and there's going to be things about ourselves that we don't always love And you were able to acknowledge those parts without Mm -hmm. shaming it, without suppressing it, uh, including, I'm talking other things besides just, uh, the sexual health part. Um, and so that was making you a more whole person able to interact with your now husband better. Mm
1: -hmm. Definitely. So we got to know each other and we went from, you know, levels of just getting to know each other to having more deep conversations. Um, I felt like I was able to be more vulnerable and he was too. And um, then we were eventually able to talk about some of these issues. Mm -hmm. um, And that also brought us closer and helped me. You you
0: mean before you're married? Mm -hmm. You you mean, are you talking about your issues around anxiety and using masturbation as a coping mechanism Um, or not really a
1: coping mechanism, but that, that I had had anxiety, you know, Mm -hmm. that I'd tried different things. Um, we talked about that. Um, we did talk about sexuality Mm -hmm. before marriage,
0: which is something you would never have done before.
1: No, I really wouldn't have. I don't think I would have been able to. Um, but I had the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Um, and as, and this wasn't like early in our relationship, no, no,
0: no. (laughs) You guys were, this was clearly at a point that you guys were committed.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, before we, discussed any anything that deep but um
0: so so at this point let's let's backtrack just a little bit here with the master use of masturbation was this a one or two time occurrence or was this something that you now incorporate into a healthy routine or part of your life what was it for you
1: i'm gonna say somewhere in between those two Mm -hmm. um it wasn't something that was a routine every so often i would um, Masturbate, but I wasn't afraid of it either. Um, and so at times, um, I would choose to do that.
0: you recognize the benefits and you're able to use it as mm-hmm. is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, okay yeah, I think that's fair to say.
0: so the reason why I bring that up is you now have this additional tool, if you will, in your skill set and in and, and understanding yourself and also addressing anxiety. I'm going to assume, uh, I know, but I, uh, you're dating your husband. How's the stress level? How's your anxiety? Does it ever spike again? Or what do you deal with? How, how do you deal with your anxiety? Hmm.
1: Um, I would say that when we got really close to getting married, I got really anxious. Um, luckily, I was able to talk about it because I have a husband who's really good at communicating. And so he is um able to ask me about things. And then I was able to tell him. So I was able to talk about how I was feeling and um the communication reduced my anxiety.
0: Which is which is something you wouldn't have done before. Talk. Talking you would have
1: was not one of my mm-hmm. management strategies for anxiety.
0: Even though you knew it would help. (laughs) So that was one of the things that you struggled with. But yeah, being able to have the confidence now and reduced anxiety or at least anxiety to a level that you can now engage in that conversation. But your pattern in the past was to shut down, become more independent. Mm -hmm. And would you have in the past, would you have how would you have handled that fear of getting married how how would that have played out
1: okay um well i would have run away mm-hmm. um and i i guess i want to correct the the no talking because it's not that i wouldn't talk to anybody but i wouldn't talk to the person
0: yes i uh, good clarification yes
1: <laughs> um and and i would just run and hide i mean um When I was in college, uh, I knew where all of the women's bathrooms were that were (laughs) really comfortable and had couches in them because should I um, be avoiding someone who was who I was dating, who was causing me anxiety, I would spend a lot of time there because I knew that that was not a place they would go. So running away was a strategy that I used and um, would probably have been what I would have done. Just run away.
0: So you got married. I did. Yes. And now you're having sex. Uh Uh-huh. How did the things you learned before marriage help you or not help you in your your sex life? Oh,
1: boy. Um, They helped me, but there was a long way to go. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So it wasn't automatic, you know, no and part of this also is you've, you're learning yourself in a later phase of your life. Mm-hmm. And so this is, even if you're learning it earlier on, there's no comparison to having another intimate person in your sexual life. Yes. And, and so, um, as much as you're comfortable, tell us, tell us about the, what are some obstacles you had to face? Um, and how did you use these skills to help you through it?
1: Okay. Um, well, the, the major obstacle that we ran into, um, was that sex was very painful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that if I had not had the experiences prior to marriage that I had, um, I would have had no idea what to do from there. Mm -hmm. I would either have completely cut off sex. And decided that that was not something we could do or honestly, more likely I would have continued to say yes,
0: uh, but
1: absolutely hated it and felt every experience being something that pushed me farther away rather than bringing me closer to my husband.
0: So you mentioned painful sex. Yes. Um, you later found out through a medical checkup what yes. that was and something that a lot of people still don't understand. Do you mind talking about that?
1: No, I don't mind at all. Um, I mean, I guess this goes back to how my prior experiences helped me Mm -hmm. because, um, I was willing to talk about it. And so we had a lot of conversations, my husband and I, and I really felt committed to figuring out what was going on. And part of that was going to see the doctor. So I made an appointment, um, with my OBGYN.
0: You knew something was wrong. Whereas before you may not have, you just, might've thought, okay, this is just what sex is.
1: Yeah. I might have. I mean, that would have been devastating, but yeah, I might have. Um, But I did know that wasn't what it was supposed to be like. And um, I went and I spoke with the doctor and she did some checking and she said that I had uh, vaginismus and she prescribed um, uh, some physical therapy. So I was able to go and work with a physical therapist um, weekly for uh, several months.
0: These involved dilators.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we did dilators. We did massage, mm-hmm. um, which not as fun as the other kind of massage. Sorry, mm. <laughs> but um, was helpful. Yeah.
0: Not, not with a physical therapist, <laughs> but it was helpful.
1: It was helpful. Um, joking, so aside, it, it was helpful. joking aside, it was helpful. It was helpful. Um, because I started to gradually get to work on the physical part. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't enjoy using the dilators at all.
0: No. <laughs> you know? I can't um, even imagine.
1: Not, not very fun, but you know, I could put on a TV show or something like that and distract myself a little bit.
0: <laughs> so the the physical therapist, <laughs> way to be, what a, what a sport there. Uh, um, the, the dilators, the, the physical therapist, Did that help resolve the pain? Um,
1: It definitely made significant progress toward it. Okay. But it was incomplete without the communication.
0: Was masturbation involved in this at all?
1: A little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So in your marriage, you're using masturbation?
1: Well, what I used it for, I would say at that point, Mm -hmm. was um, to assist me with the physical therapy.
0: Yes, that would make sense.
1: Because it did help
0: there. Warm things up.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, what about other times in your marriage? Do you, was masturbation, uh, used as a,
1: um, hasn't re- been really, um, okay. not that it never would be, but we've done other things. Good. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like, uh, the, the physical aspects were part of it. And so I was able to work on those, but, um. The other piece of it that was really important was being able to work on the psychological and talk and go slow and be patient and enjoy whatever it is that we can enjoy. What pieces of it um, as we continue to develop.
0: Evelyn, you've been so open here and I assure you there are many listening to this who maybe even in tears, just feeling comforted from the words that you're using Is there any, as we're wrapping up here, any, any advice that you specifically give young women, um, maybe who were in, in your shoes as a teenager or currently are any, or anyone what, what advice would you give?
1: Well, I think something that I would like to have been able to tell my younger self is that. that feeling arousal is something that happens to people. And I felt so alone because of the way that it was being talked about. And I don't want to villainize any of the wonderful people that I got to work with as a youth because they were incredible leaders. They touched my life and they blessed my life in so many ways and they were absolutely doing the best that they could. Having said that, though, no one ever told me that feeling arousal is something that people experience mm-hmm. and that it is not a sin. Um, and it's just something that happens because that's the way we're built. Well um, said. And we can then figure out what to do with those experiences and how to manage ourselves and our sexuality and keep it within bounds and um, develop self mastery. Um, But that the experience is, it doesn't make you a bad person and it also doesn't make you a unique one. Yeah, Because I think that was part of it for me. I thought that I must be the only person who was experiencing this. And the fact that I could have accidentally stumbled on something so terrible must make me a terrible person. Um, And that's why I kind of had to cut that off because I I didn't see that it was a normal part of development. Um, So I think that's what I'd want people to know. I'd want myself to know that, that it's it's normal.
0: Well said. Evelyn, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.